Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of Guide Day here on BTL. And today we're going to go out west into the desert where not many people think about fishing. But and once you've been out in that neck of the woods, you're like, they got some pretty cool fishing. And they've also developed some pretty cool uh, anglers. Obviously, uh, Arizona, you have Josh Bertrand, you have Brett Height, uh, you have John Murray. There's a bunch of different guys that I think of when I think of uh, Arizona. And I got to know today's guide for guide day. Well, I got, uh, we'll bring in Julius now. Just a c- classic vintage angler look. Uh, every time I see you, you look like you've just been on the water for like two weeks straight and haven't showered. That's like, yeah. just how, that's just how you roll daylight to dark. That's right. <laughs> uh, th- thanks for jumping on. We're going to talk about doing guiding in some desert lakes uh, today. Right Lake on. Pleasant. Is that, so what, what kind of area are we talking around there? Like feet, how far away from Phoenix? Cause the majority of the country, when you think Arizona, you just think of Phoenix. Yeah. It's probably about 30 minutes uh, North of Phoenix. So I live in North Phoenix, I guess you could call it. Uh, like so North it's right Colorado. there. If you're flying into Phoenix and have a day to kill, this is right, right in your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, right before we went live, I wanted to make sure. So it was the, was that the 2021 classic? I think so. Yeah. That they had down in Texas in Fort yeah. Worth. Uh-huh. And we were all at, uh, well, I was with a group of buddies at Billy Bob's. Yeah. The world's largest honky tonk, which is our, insane. I mean, dude, did you, have you ever seen a place that's that big? I had no idea when I walked in there, what we were even doing. <laughs> it is, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's probably got, a hundred pool tables in it. Yeah. It's nuts. Different bands going on and shit. It was, it was wild. Yep. I just got to see, uh, turnpike troubadours there on the 29th of December. Now me and my girlfriend, we're the old couple. So we like got a table and sat back and watched all the chaos happen. But anyway, long story short. So we were there in 2021 and, uh, I got, uh, into a conversation with a bunch of you young hooligans and you were all Arizona <laughs> dudes, and you were one of them. Who were you there to watch? You were there to watch someone that was in the classic. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, we were working, but uh, we were rooting on Justin Kerr. That was it, Justin Kerr, with Gunner. Gunner. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I got to know you, and then is Gunner the one whose family is like is the Zoltar Empire? That's right. Yep. Yeah, they own uh they own that deal. Okay, if you don't know what Zoltar is, I think does everyone know what Zoltar is? So this is the you uh salmon like boardwalks casinos. Yeah, here it is. That's like the Zoltar deal and you like put your <laughs> money in there and then it tells the fortune. And so like his family's like in charge of all the Zoltars in the world, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. Anyway, then you started fishing the opens after that. And like I said, I saw you on the road. You're always at the boat ramp. And every time I chatted with you, I'd always look on your front deck and you would have like 15 to 20 rods on either side. And not a single thing you had tied on was anything that I owned. <laughs> I was always, it was always like big baits, West coast stuff and Japanese stuff. Like that's kind of your right. you're like MO. That's, that's how you roll, huh? Yeah, for sure. Talk a little bit about, uh, how you got into the game, 
uh, in Arizona and what made you want to jump in the opens for the last couple years and basically live a vagabond lifestyle. And then we'll kind of get into what you're doing now. A little bit more home base, a little bit centered and guiding on Lake Pleasant in the surrounding areas. For sure. Yeah. So I uh, grew up originally. I was uh, I'm from Mexico, Cancun, Mexico. So my dad's in the hotel industry, always traveling around and uh, left there at a young age, but ended up here in Phoenix and, uh, you know, just always being into fishing, just figured out, you know, where to go fishing and stuff. And the hookup had a tackle store um, on the lake, just like a small, like double wide trailer. And uh, I just like going in there. My dad would take me in there at a young age and eventually you know uh the owners told me when i got old enough they'd give me a, a guiding job so when i turned 16 got my driver's license i went in there and uh got my guide license and they gave me a job so kind of grew up in the hookup uh you know as a kid and then kind of started fishing tournaments and guiding and just you know doing everything i could to stay on the water um and then, you know, fishing pro-ams, West Coast stuff, uh, U.S. Opens. I think I, I think I met you at a U.S. Open. It would have been 2018 because that's the only one I fished. Yeah, and you won. As a triple A. Right, yeah. But I do remember that. Um, so just fishing as much as I could, pro-am style stuff, you know, Toyota Sears, Costas, whatever they were back then. Mm -hmm. um, and then I want to say in 2020, I fished uh, my first year on the Bass Opens, and I was just trying to take the next step, right? As a West Coast angler, there's not really that many things that you can do um, on this side of the world to make it to the next level. So mm -hmm. I basically just guided my ass off and, um, you know, did as much, you know, little side gigs as I could, um, along with support of some great people. And, you know, I, I took a stab at it and went out and basically fished them till this year. So... I mean, that has to be a gigantic, both financial and time commitment. Like everywhere you're yeah. going is 30 plus hours away. And then to fish all nine, especially like this past year in 2023, we had like just like an off week between some, we had back to back weeks, we'd have two weeks, like how many days on the road? Every time that I talk to your senior, you're like, dude, I've been on the road for like 49 days or some <laughs> ridiculous amount. Like you left and basically lived all around the country, not in Arizona during the duration of the last season, didn't you? Yeah, I did the camper thing uh, this year or this last year. And uh, basically, if you know, if we had two weeks in between, like it's really hard for me to, you know, even if I'm parking the rig somewhere, I'm flying home, like all those expenses add up. Not that there's expenses if I go to the next lake, you know, and pre-practice for two weeks or whatever, or just ride around. Anyway, you cut it, the expenses are terrible. But I basically just stayed out there. You know, I'm like, if I'm going to invest in anything i might as well invest in my fishing so i just kind of nomaded around and bounced around and hit a bunch of different lakes and just try to get more knowledgeable how old are you uh 25 that had to be a massive learning experience regardless of sure. how the tournaments went on the water you have to feel like you're such a well more rounded angler after seeing all that stuff because it's a lot different than what's out on the west yeah and that's that was my you know big thing going into it is I'm just going to soak up as much as I can while I'm able to do this and uh, just build my mental arsenal, you know, cause growing up out here, there's only so many things that happen, you know, in like a full season circle, mm -hmm. like there it's shit you always see. So out there, it was definitely cool to, to learn some new stuff. All right. So you said you did your first guide trip when you were 16. 
Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that first day? So like, what was your experience on the water? And then what was like that first day when you had like your first legit clients that just showed up and were like, all right, dude, let's go catch them. So it was actually kind of crazy. So the hookup at the time had different styles of guiding, right? So they had like bass boats, like two people on a bass boat, like straight bass fishing, or they'd had like a group on trip on like a center console, like, <laughs> oh boy. So just all kinds of shit, right? We don't do that anymore. But um, my first trip was in a center console bay boat with eight people at 16, never met any of these people in my life. And it was like a group trip, right? So like two people from this hotel, two people from this hotel. And Strangers. Like, yeah. So, and I go to like pick up the boat and like no one had used that boat in like a couple of weeks. So like I need to like air the tire up and clean it out and like do all this shit. And just nervous as hell, but I somehow survived it. And like, no practice, just got thrown into the fire. And I think, you know, the owners did that on purpose for me to, you know, can this kid hang? And I survived and I've been there ever since. Were you live bait? Were you striper fishing? Like, what was the yeah, target? Just spooning, like, you know, dropping anchovies or like spooning for stripers. Like on Lake Pleasant, that's kind of a big thing. So whatever it took just to get a couple bites, you know, on that style of trip. Uh, you've mentioned the hookup a couple of times. You said that's a, it's a high-end tackle store that also has like a, a guiding attached yeah. to it. Or who is, does Bertrand guide through the hookup some too? Uh, no, he's no? got his own deal. Oh, he's got the Arizona bass. There's a, so many of these different things, but so there's a number of guides and then, uh, talk about Lake Pleasant a little bit. You mentioned that a couple of times, but yeah. that's kind of your home base. I know that that is a cyclical lake it seems based on water level but a real gem in arizona where havasu gets most of the attention that pleasant yeah. has a lot of potential yeah super deep clear water place like nowhere i mean i've had the opportunity to go to a lot of places in the country and i have not been to anything that even sets up like it um it's all largemouth, deep clear water uh you know deep structure in the winter time you're catching them as deep as like 70 80 feet like vertical dropping you know, pink worm, just shit you don't see anywhere else. Um, but what's neat is, you know, for clients and guiding, it's such a great place because it's so beautiful. Like you're in the middle of the desert, um, just like nothing you've ever seen before. I'm going to pull up uh, Pleasant here. And is it all, so there's Phoenix right there. Uh -huh. And then there's a couple other fisheries around there, but like that's Pleasant right there. So obviously yeah. a man-made reservoir. What? Is it on any river or anything? We have the Agua Fria River, but we have a canal system called the CP or CAP Canal, and that's how we fluctuate the water uh, with a pump system. But it's actually Colorado River water. Okay, that's how the stripers got in there. So they went through the locks into Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yep, all the way through those canals. So are there there smallmouth in there too? There are some, but they don't get caught. It's not a uh, you don't see them very often. It's all, right. all largemouth. Uh, and then big body of water. I mean, you can you can't really tell based on here, but how big is the is the fishery? Um it fluctuates so much, you know, like in the in the springtime it'll be full, and then by the end of summer it'll be like 50 feet low. So holy cow. Yeah, so like surface acres is kind of hard to land on, but the main body I would say is you know, probably three or four miles long, and then it has about three or four creek arms. Um that depending on the time of year can go way back. And then we also have that Agua Fria River. I see like Bartlett, Horseshoe, 
obviously the Colorado River, some other lakes around. Do you pretty much stick with Pleasant when it comes to guiding, or will you branch off and do some of these other spots? I mean, there's not a ton of fisheries around the, that Phoenix right. area. Yeah, especially with the guiding, you don't want to, you know, go too far, and you know, it just kind of doesn't make as much sense, especially on half day trips. So yeah. Pleasant yeah. and Bartlett is kind of where I stay. There's a few bites that happen on Bartlett um, that I like to you know, prepare for, for clients. But other than that, I pretty much stay at Lake Pleasant. Talk about the bite at Pleasant. What do you, what do you like to target kind of style numbers, the whole nine yards on a, a typical day, and then kind of walk me through the seasons also, because I know you guys kind of do funky seasons out there in the desert too. You don't really, yeah. we got three inches of ice right now. I just, we're actually a little late recording this. It just took me two hours to drive 40 miles, but it is what it is. We're back here. So yeah, it's like 65 out right now. Yeah. 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 And you're wearing a jacket. Right. Did I get cold? Um, so basically it changes every, you know, a couple of weeks, the fish are always changing, but we have a couple different types of clients, right? So with the hookup being a pro tackle shop and offering a bunch of, you know, high-end JDM tackle, you get people that come in to visit the store and then want to come fishing with me or, you know, we have a YouTube channel. We do a lot of informational stuff, a lot of, um, you know, exposure to baits that, you know, people haven't seen. So get a lot of clients from that as well. So those trips are pretty special because it's, it's usually a guy who's interested in fishing, probably has done a good amount of fishing and it's kind of like, hanging out with a buddy on the water, right? Talking about cool gear and, you know, teaching them some electronics or whatnot. So try to focus on those style trips. Um, but living in Phoenix, it, it's a really popular area, especially, you know, right now in January, we can get those 65, 70 degree days where you're frozen in most parts of the country. So you get just, you know, hotel clientele or people just in for the car show or whatever. So get all a wide variety of clients. Okay. That's interesting to me. So basically you could have a guy come in who wants to, I mean, what swim baits are a hundred to 500 bucks now, depending on yeah. what you're getting. So before they drop it, they have all this stuff at the hookup and they can go out for a half a day with you and try out what like clashes and all sorts of crazy. What are some of the crazy swim baits that are going right now? Julius, you've yeah. probably got nine of them tied yeah, on right class, now. Clash nine, that kind of stuff is, I mean, and go out on the water for half a day, use all this stuff. So it's kind of like going to the driving range where they put the tape on the driver and you get to hit the driver instead of just That's buying right. it and teeing off on it on hole one and then realizing you don't like it. Yeah. So if you're, you know, if you're thinking about getting into mega bass rods and you want to just go all in arsenal, you come out, we go fishing, you get to use all the ones I have on the deck and, you know, Oh, I like this one. This one's a different taper. I'm not used to. And we work That's through it. Interesting. And then I take you in the store and then, you know, now you have a better aspect of, of what you're going to do before you just go in there and spend. So it's kind of like a pro shop vibe to it almost. For sure. That's exactly what we do. That's cool. I don't, are there, are there a lot? I don't think there's many other kind of combination guiding shops that do that across the country. And a new thousand dollar rod and reel and say, here, try it out. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of more for the, for the serious guy who, heck, that'd be perfect. You know, if you're in for a day of business and you're a bass fisherman and you want to jump out and test out some stuff, or if you're in the area and you want to buy some new stuff fishing wise, like, what do you expect? Like if you're, if you're out to catch fish on pleasant, like when is the wheelhouse for that? And then like, what's a good day on that fishery? 
So right now, obviously, it's it's kind of tough. It's full winter, you know, like we're catching them vertically, uh, you know, just dropping a drop shot, um, you know, Demiki rig, that kind of stuff, catching anywhere between 30 to 70 feet of water. So, I mean, it's it's pretty tough right now. If we catch, you know, I would say anywhere between five to 10 fish right now, I'd be pretty stoked. Um, some mixed bags too. Like if, if the client doesn't really, you know, mind what they're catching, mm -hmm. like we have white bass and we have stripers. So I know, you know, where to go get a bite on those. Like same thing, just spooning or uh, Demiki rig type stuff. I would say the post spawn is probably the best there. It's a lot of, you know, islands, not so much like river ledges. It's, I mean, it's a stable body of water. Um, but a bunch of like underwater humps and points and that stuff. And when those fish get offshore, it, it can be a lot of fun. You're, you can see 20 feet down, right? Oh, wow. And once that water gets real clear and, and you're catching them in 20, 30 offshore, just drop shot pink worm or that kind of stuff. I mean, as far as techniques, you don't catch them on anything really crazy, but it's a good swim bait lake sometimes a year. But mainly finessey stuff too. So finesse you're talking stuff. spinning rod six five, six, seven pound test, that type Absolutely. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, size wise. So then in that post spawn, what time of the year is post spawn down there? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I would like say February, May. Yeah. May, <laughs> May would probably be a really okay. good month. Uh, we catch them in the spawn really well. Um, I mean, on bed, like, can you see them visually look at them or it would probably one, it would be one of the best sight fishing lakes in the country. Like kind of hush hush. Like you can see down, I've caught them on beds in 25 feet of water. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's crystal clear. It doesn't do that year round. It, it used to, but now it's, I would say about second, third week of March, you can probably start seeing that deep all the way through May. Is it a good topwater lake? Absolutely. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In the fall. I mean, you just throw a topwater like over points that are 25 feet deep, kind of like her herring lakes, right? Where they come okay. up and blow it, but we don't have herring. They're just large mouth that don't know any better and <laughs> come up and eat it. Uh, that post spawn time, then you book a full day and an eight, eight, eight hour guide trip. You're wanting to catch them. What are we talking numbers wise? And then what's the size Are they're, they're giant fish out here. Or are they, we topping out at five or six? Uh, I would be pretty stoked on a 20 or 30 fish day, um, doing multiple things, you know, when that post spawn, probably do some top water, do some offshore. There might be some bed fish still, um, type stuff, you know, maybe some cruisers, like just fish that are shallow, but you can physically see them. Anywhere between 30, 20 to 30 bites a day would be pretty, pretty dang good day. And then size wise, you know, two to three pounders is, is kind of the average. Um, anything over five pounds is a pretty good one out here. So you're not talking like a freak show fishery, but it's a very quality no. fishery that you can hone your tactics, learn patterns, learn electronics. It's just a solid, solid. Absolutely. I would, I would say like, you know, me, myself, I'm a, finesse fisherman you know because of that lake that's like why you know i i'm good at it they got all the weird stuff tied on like nine that's different right. types of of nico <laughs> rigs and three different yeah. drop shots and five swim baits absolutely yeah it definitely allows you to you know get off the beaten path and try some of that weird stuff and uh you know gain confidence in it to take it other places but it's not and a that, wide open lake like it's a really it's one of those if we have a local tournament on bartlett we get 100 boats we have a local tournament on Pleasant. We get 30 boats or 25 boats. It's not a very, people don't love it because it is technical, right? Okay. 
but that's yeah. good if you're a bass fisherman and you're wanting to learn something and you're on a business sure. trip or you're in the area and you want to get out there that's like perfect especially with that water clarity and then the feedback that you get uh do you want to talk about bartlett at all on that or are we focusing mainly on pleasant i don't want yeah, to get I mean, you in Bart trouble like yeah, Bartlett, like, you know, in the fall, we'll get, um, you know, some cool bites in the river, like the water will be flowing, just go catch them in the current on the spinnerbait. Like we just did a video uh, on the hookup spinnerbait video a few months ago, and we probably caught 150, 200 a day. We had a big group trip. What? We took out. Yeah, like just so that's more of a numbers lake. Yeah, numbers, 100%. Um, you know, we took out a group of eight guys between three boats on a guide trip. And we had 250 between the three boats or four boats. So there's a few times of the year where that's the place to be. If you call me, that's where we're going to go, but not all the time. But that's primarily the fall you said? Yeah. Yeah. Typically when our season's over, that's I'll, I'll start guiding there, just make sure what's going on. And then as it gets colder and that water stops moving, I'll go to Pleasant and I'll be, I'll have it all to myself. <laughs> so how far are you from the Colorado river then? Uh, I'm in Havasu in like two and a half hours. Okay. So that's like just a little bit outside of the range of where, yeah. Of your neck of the woods. Mead, Mojave, all that stuff in like three, three and a half. Do you do the swim bait stuff? Like if I wanted to book you for a day and say, Hey man, I've heard about all this stuff. I want to see how it goes down. Is that kind of your wheelhouse too? Like I can do it. I, you know, I'm knowledgeable enough. There's obviously mm -hmm. a few guys out here that like, that's all they breathe. Um, one of the guys that works with us, uh, Jeff, you know, he's got a YouTube deal, Jeffrey, the King or whatever. Uh, oh, that dude work that yeah. dude's out there. Yeah. So he works with the hookup. He's one of our main camera guys. He's a super cool dude. Um, that's what he lives and breathes. You know, he doesn't, doesn't guide it, but like, he's as far as knowledgeable, he's, he's the man. Isn't it, isn't, Jeffrey spelled weird. Yeah, G E O F I G E O F F R E Y T H E K I N G. Yeah, he does like really, really cool swim bait videos on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's uh he's definitely the man with that stuff. But like if you you know, if you called like the, the hookup carries all that gear, right? All the mm -hmm. big swim bait stuff. So I'm knowledgeable enough to where if you're like, hey, let's uh I want to come and you know cast some swim baits around and try the gear. I bring the gear and, you know, I can probably, you know, give you what you're looking for. All right. And then, uh, the best way to get a hold of you is what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, direct. It would just be, you know, just DM me on Instagram and we can talk about dates and stuff or whatever, but mainly, uh, it's all through the hookup. So if you get a hold of me, I'm just going to put you in contact or I'll personally book it through the hookup. Um, if you just want to talk to me prior to, what you, so you know what you're getting yourself into. All right. Uh, and then your Instagram, Facebook, that type of handles. Yeah. Just Julius Maisie fishing. That's a cool first name. And you were born in Cancun. That's you ever right. go back to Cancun? Like yeah, the Cancun, go, Mexico? Yeah. I try to go at least once a year. I got a bunch of family out there. So try to do some fishing when I go. All right. That's a, uh, that's a fun place to guide. Weather wise, do you still guide in the summertime? Uh, is that kind of a downtime? Like, when would you say the best for to not like just burn your face off or, or freeze is to fish out there? Or does the bike get good in the summertime and can you stay warm with the dry or stay cool with the dry heat? Uh, summer's kind of, you know, fishing the opens and, you know, the summer's typically not the best because we do have those 110 degree days. <laughs> I would say our season is between like January and May. Like that's kind of 
where it stays. And if I have events, you know, I go fish my events. And then if I do have a couple of weeks, you know, I typically try to be here to do, do some guiding. Cool. Yeah. The hookups more like some high, like just high end JDM weird stuff that you've never seen before. That's right. <laughs> and if you want to take a gander on any of that stuff on the water, then you do a four hour trip. Yeah, I would do four hour, uh, and eight hour. So two half day and full day. Um, whatever, just, I always talk to the client prior and just kind of get a feel for them and kind of read, read the person and make sure I have the right stuff on the deck or, you know, I'm going to provide the right trip for the client. Is, uh, is the striper fishing good out there? It can be. Yeah. So they boil really good. Um, I want to say like those first couple of weeks of May is when it gets really good and mm-hmm. you'll just, get, you'll just be driving down the lake. I'll be driving into a cut and they'll just go bananas and pull over and catch them on whatever. <laughs> Was that like a 50 to 100 fish day if you hit it right? Absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely get into those double digit numbers, triple digit numbers. Huh. Are they the long lean one? Like so on Mead when I was there, you would hook some, yeah. it would just be absolute tanks, but then the most of them looked like a freaking musky. Yeah. <laughs> like long and lean. That's it. Yeah, they're those super long, scrawny Colorado River ones. They just go, 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 go. That's interesting. Uh not fishing the opens this year, but you are jumping into the new, uh, it's not new. I'd say revamped, uh, one bat series. Talk about your decision not to fish the EQs. Did that just come down to, uh, a timing deal or focusing on guiding or kind of what was behind that? Yeah. So, um, the whole idea was, you know, staying home this year is I want to move back to Alabama next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so my girlfriend been dating her for seven years. She's a nurse. Um, and, uh, she's going to submit her, do her travel deal. So for her to do that, she needed one more year here. So I was like, you know what, you know, it's probably a good idea. Had a tough year on the opens last year. I'm like, I'm going to stay home guide, bust my ass and then fish the five, uh, one bass. And then also do maybe the three Western Toyotas just so, you know, I, I want to fish at least eight or nine events. You know, I've been mm-hmm. fishing that many for like four years. So uh gonna do those. And then I want to say like December of 24, January 25, gonna make a move to uh probably Alabama and fish the opens again. That's cool. What are we fishing out of if you come and jump in the boat with you? Uh talk about kind of the vessel. Yeah, so Skeeter Yamaha, been with them for the last couple of years. Um Gonna fish in a FXR 21 fully loaded uh Garmin troll motor, Garmin uh Panoptics, all the best stuff, two live scopes, you know, all the most innovative stuff on the boat. Everything's dialed. And then of course, gear-wise, it's gonna be all high-end mega bass, Daiwa, um, all top of the line stuff. All JDM stuff. All JDM, hard to find, cool shit. <laughs> What's the uh what would you say like if you were to pick out three really cool JDM baits that the average guy say in central Oklahoma yeah, might not know about, but that plays like what, what's kind of on the radar now, because we're learning about a lot of stuff, but it's, it's uh, primarily based on which Japanese angler beats everyone by 20 pounds on the elite series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, like what's that, up OS- and coming? that OSP dice. Have you seen that? Have you heard about that? Yeah. That's the fuzzy dice. That's right. So, I mean, dude, you've actually been, thrown the fuzzy dice. I, okay. I got a funny story. It's my rods over there, but, um, 
if you I, have one with the rod, you can go grab it for a second. I don't care. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would love to see how this fuzzy dice thing works. Is this something that like you could, I could hire you to teach me how to fish the OSP dice? Oh, he can't hear me now. He's going to get the fuzzy dice rod. Yeah. I mean, I don't honestly, like, I don't know that much about it. Like I just, you know, I'm exposed to all this stuff. Have you so. caught a fish on it? Yeah, I've caught a couple on it. So, funny story. So, I fished at a local team tournament uh, Saturday. And I was putting the boat on the trailer, and I look, and there's, like, all these, dude, like, probably 20, three to five pounders nosed up on the bank, and there's a bunch of baby tilapia. And they're just, like, it's the only place in the lake that I know they're doing that. And I'm, like, it was so weird because they're all deep. Like, it was just, like, a strange thing. So, I'm talking with my buddy, one of the camera guys for the hookup, and He's like, dude, the only way we can catch those like like is on that dice because they're they're just cruising like you can physically see them. They're in like two feet yeah. of water. So I'm like, I don't know. So I tied it on. I have it tied on from this weekend, but it's just this. So that's just a uh, a drop shot hook. It looks like maybe a uh, two. Yeah, it's a Nico hook. Like I just okay. grab like like I said, I don't know much about it. I just like a little Nico it. hook and then the OSP dice and they they swim over and eat it. Yeah, it's it's like a Cinco. So like I just seen one cruising and I just flicked it to it and like so when you when you twitch it like this, it stops in place like immediately. Like like all those hairs allow it to just put the brakes on it. And so if they see it and they swim up to it, once you do that twitch thing, instead of a Cinco like shimmying down, this thing just stops in front of their face and they grab it. I don't know. It's new. I'm still learning how to use it, but the fish like it and it's pretty neat. <laughs> All right, what's a couple other uh, JDM? Um, JDM things that you've got in your back pocket that you use out in Arizona. I mean, like some simple ones, dude. Like that people don't think about. So, like, like a OSP, you know, just like their soft plastics, right? Like a doe live stick, or you know, their worm. Um, you know, basically, it's a fluke style bait, or you know, like a Demiki style bait, or even their worm. I just drop shot it. Just try to keep. You know, it looks. Just like a worm, but something that the fish haven't seen, a little bit different, you know. I'm trying to pull up OSP here, but I think the website's in Japanese. <laughs> you can always oh. find that stuff on our website. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, they've got all the ones that are like the uh, the weird crawfish-looking plastics. They got a ton of those, don't they? Yeah, they got a lot of weird stuff too, but like I like, you know – you know, we catch them on a pink worm, right? All over the country. Yeah. Like I like throwing if there's a pink worm that no one's really thrown, you know, or a unique Japanese company has, like I'll throw that. I'm not really into the bug stuff or the really weird <laughs> stuff. Um, I keep it practical. If I see a, a beaver style bait that, you know, is just has something a little bit different to it from a company you can't pronounce, like I'll try it, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh for those who don't know, OSP stands for Osprey Spiritual Performer right <laughs> which i i always you know obviously the first one that kind of went mainstream in my opinion would be the shower blows uh that's an everyone, bait. yeah that's an evergreen bait yeah. but just like the weird names for them but like the company osprey spiritual performer osp yeah. do you have any clue what the heck that stands for or is supposed to stand for i i don't my boss would definitely know he's good buddies with uh seen me <laughs> but that's out of my uh pay grade <laughs> i love it uh you're starting the first 
one bass tournament like next week right yeah i leave on wednesday i'm literally like my computer's on the deck of the boat and there's just shit everywhere okay so this airs on friday so you'll be you'll be down there when this airs yeah so heading to shasta been there a couple times been there once as a co-angler once as a boater so um excited to get back i don't think i've been there since 2016 for like a wild west pro-am or is that a spotted bass deal Mm -hmm. yeah all spots but they don't know their spots like because there's no herring like they're they're like they think they're largemouth like you can catch them on the bank like winding and stuff really are they the same spots that are in the like northern california lakes that get mondo yeah i mean shasta is norcal those are the ones like like they'll be a seven eight pounder cop probably there was a pro-am two weeks ago and uh it was snowing there's like snow on people's decks and i think there was a seven pounder weight in wow i'm pulling it up here uh on one bass so it was like a new gen last week i got you there's uh shasta havasu mead and clear lake yeah so they are going to go back to mead how far are you from mead uh like three and a half hours you fish there a bunch yeah yeah i've fished there a lot can Um, you get a boat on it now i heard it's coming up yeah yeah you can put in a callville i think it's like just like a single lane i so i'm pretty sure what they're doing is they're having this event to see how well it goes to see if they can do the u.s open there in 2025 Oh, that would be cool. I think, yeah. what are your thoughts? I mean, you say you fish the U.S. Open. Have you fished it on both sides, Boat or Enco? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What are your thoughts on, I mean, do you think the U.S. Open belongs at Mead? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the event. Like, I think what makes it the U.S. Open, I think, is Lake Mead. It's just such a marathon style. And I fished mm-hmm. it from when it was like the second week of September, which if you see that open that's going there, is like yeah. the original week that the U.S. Open. I fished my first U.S. Open when I was 13. Uh, Whoa. Yeah. Who'd you and draw? Shit. Um, I'd have to think about it. A bunch of just local Nevada guys. Oh, okay. Have you ever it. drawn like any of the U.S. Open legends? No, I don't think. So I got one. lucky as hell drawing Salvucci and Matt Shura for the two yeah. days and then having the third day canceled. Yeah, those are definitely good draws. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always got like local SoCal guys or, you know, Nevada guys, nothing crazy, like put up good bags. Cause I got locals. Right. Um, yeah. but never anyone where I was like, I was, always trying to, you know, when to draw Aaron or Rick or yeah. someone like that. Yeah. But, uh, but you're so committed really, to all five of those. What's that? You're committed to all four of those events. And then the U S open at the end too. Yeah. I'm in, I, I got a sponsor for all five of those PHX Marines. So I'm all paid and committed to those. What do you think the West needs to do to uh, to keep the numbers up? Julius, you talk to a lot of guys. You're kind of in the industry. You guide. You tournament fish. That seems to be the one one kind of hiccup is when stuff comes out, It's there's a core group of locals that really support it, that are there for everything. But those numbers, like you see in, in Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, or Florida, are hard to maintain out on the West Coast. Yeah. I would say, you know, giving these guys a place to go, right? Mm-hmm. So I think definitely uh, having the ability to qualify for the Classic or that Bass Nation National Championship is a huge deal for us here because, you know, usually you spend, you know, all this time and all this money to fish, you know, a circuit. But at the end of that, there's there's no next level, right? So I feel like a lot of talent stays hidden because there's no avenue 
that if they decide to fish those five Western tournaments, which is already a big commitment, like, you know, you're still talking 15 hour drives for some guys and, you know, a lot of time that they should be able to go somewhere at the end of that. So I think, I think you're going to see at the end of this year, a few names that have been kind of held in the closet for a while are going to poke out because of this opportunity. And one of them is going to go to the classic too, especially with their right. partnership with bass. I think, uh, there's some angler of the years, or if you win a tournament, you go straight to the bass nation national championship, which is now 250 anglers, uh, the top, like 20% from each region. They're still doing it where the top three then go to the following year's bass master classic and the winner, uh, gets to go on the elite series. So even though you're not fishing the opens this year, you're technically still alive to make. Yeah. The bass I know. I was pretty stoked to see that, you know, I was kind of bummed out, like, you know, it was, you know, a good business decision, but I was like, man, I still want to, you know, wear that patch. And then, so it's cool to, uh, still have that Avenue, you know, talk a little bit about your relationship with, uh, Brett height then, uh, Arizona guy. I just, like I said, I had him on last year and yeah. I've been bugging him for the last a uh, year and a half to get the Imodium AD chewables Jersey that he sported on the FLW tour. He claims that he can't find it, but yeah. I've got a spot right there in the studio. I want to put it right next to, I've got a, uh, Harold Allen Jersey from like the 1980s. Uh, that's like teal and white. I've got a uh, Frank Scalish Jersey. Uh, and I've got a Charlie Hartley Jersey. And I just think that Imodium AD chewables would fit in nicely with that trio. For sure. It would definitely fit in there. But, I, I mean, he's, you guys it. seem to be buddies. Yeah. Every time he's, I call uh, him, like, he's, he seems like, like uh, is a little bit of a mentor type deal there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we grew or I grew up around him. He lives probably two streets over. So. Oh, really? I didn't realize. So you guys are like literally neighbors, literally neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of would my you best bug him as like a little kid. Yeah. So like, I think, I want to say like 10 or like 15 years ago, like he was like selling some rods or some shit. And like my dad, like hit him up. And then, you know, I like, that's how I got introduced to him. And then we just kind of like hit it off and then, you know, just kind of became buddies. And then once I became more of like, you know, an adult and could actually hang out <laughs> and, you know, we uh, really hit it off, but he's been like one of my best friends for like 10 years. That's cool. Yeah. He's uh He's quietly about to embark on all nine opens. He hasn't said much yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how he, he does. Will, uh, just who you want to go have to fish against in Florida to start, start things off. Old Brett yeah. He's and Brandon McMillan and Cody Meyer and Dakota Ebear. And that is a strong field this year, Julius. Absolutely, man. I'm looking at the roster like, ooh, <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Uh, anything else that you want to get in here? Uh, as far as the guiding goes for people who might be in that Phoenix area, I know there's a lot of businessmen, a lot of people around that area. You might come in uh, to get the opportunity to jump in, jump in the boat for either a half a day or a day from what I'm getting. Like if you're a serious angler, I would want to go check out some of the newer baits, some of the swim baits, some of the JDM stuff. If I'm thinking of buying a 500 to a thousand dollar rod, do a half day. That seems to be kind of your wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you're in the air about all of it, um, you know, coming and checking out the store for at least a day. And, you know, I can always come down there and hang out like it. It will really open your mind to all this stuff and not just, you know, looking at all the stuff online, not knowing what to order. Like if you really want to get educated on it, it's worth to come out, take the trip. And then you're better off going fishing first, 
you know, have an idea of what, what you want to learn. We go fishing and then we walk into the store. So when you walk in, you don't go, Oh my gosh, where do I start? Uh, I do see you do have my favorite color of, uh, Edo vision One Ten. Yeah. Akatora. Akatora. Yep. You ever thrown that yeah, monstrosity? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's you like, like it? it? Yeah, it's all right. It catches them. They'll eat the heck out of that one. I have a couple of those stashed yeah. in the stashed in the corner of the uh stashed in the corner of the box yeah <laughs> so orange orange and red it is what are your uh are you just a pink drop shot worm guy or you got any you got any secret color there's only like five people listening to this you got any secret secret drop shot worm colors that i need to be on i mean d- dude not really like i just throw um the basic stuff i will i will say plum is kind of a sneaky one like especially spots like i like that i mean it sounds stupid it's basically a morning dawn worm with a purple tail but that yeah. plum that plum berries money when we go spotted spotted bass lakes heck yeah i'll have to keep that in mind we got a couple spotted bass lakes yeah i like a red flake in my morning dawn i i just don't like regular i don't know if that means anything to you but do you ever go so what's you so you're like the morning dawn red flake do you ever go aaron's morning dawn sometimes sometimes Aaron's morning dawn What's that? White belly. White belly. So here, I designed this worm for the hookup. So here, I'll grab a six-inch. So around the shop, everyone calls me hippie, right? And then, like, I was like, I was like, hey, like, we catch them on Wagasagi stuff, right? So I'm like, why don't we make, oh, like, a Wagasagi worm? So my boss called it Hippasagi. And it's, like, kind of, I mean, it might look a little weird on there, but. Something they haven't seen before. It's, it's like an opaque, abominable snowman color. Yeah, it's terrible, but they bite the shit out of that can thing. You, can you pull one out and kind of move it? Because it yeah. looks like it has a couple different levels to it. Yeah, it's got a vein. It's got like a people's worm vein in it. That's it in the curly tail. That's another thing I do a lot is throw a curly tail. And I feel like a lot of people don't do that. So that's it right there. Okay, yeah, and, there's the vein. So yeah, that people's was for those who don't know, it's kind of like a dirt brown, but is massive on all the Arizona lakes. It's probably one of the top two worms, yeah. worm colors for some reason on mead. Like, yeah, people's worm has definitely uh, paid the bills before. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So you got your own your own color. So that is that only available at the hookup then? That's, yeah, that's a hookup special for sure. What was the name of it? Hippopotamus? Hip, hippasagi. <laughs> hippasagi. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Megabass does a deal. Do they still, uh, not Megabass, uh, Robo does that deal where if you order like a certain amount, you can pretty much make whatever color you want. Do they still do that? I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. Cause I had a buddy who had like, he had one of a color poured like that, but yeah. now he's like, he uses that color for life now because he just, he was just a one yeah, he was just a one off. Yeah. He's got just like boxes full of that color. <laughs> yeah he did it for one tournament he called him and he's like i want this color and they're like you have to order x amount for us to do a production run yeah he's not hurting and he's like all right let's do it so for a two-day open he got however many thousand robo worms (laughs) yeah i think it's like two to five hundred bags minimum yeah yeah and there's what eight eight to ten in each bag yeah yep that's a lot of worms dude (laughs) that's right all right, one more time, how they can get a hold of you uh, to get out on Lake uh, on Lake Pleasant. 
Yeah. So uh, the Hookup Outfitters is a great place to find us. Also, just on my Instagram, just shoot me a DM, Julius Maisie Fishing, and then you know we'll talk about it and uh, get you in touch with the Hookup. But pretty easy. Uh, dude, good luck uh, this you, upcoming man. week. Get the season kicked off on the right foot. Uh, yeah. I will be headed down to Florida, actually leaving. Well, as I said, this airs Friday, so I'm currently driving down to yeah. Florida for the famed Lake Okeechobee. Uh, no, there's a Toyota series that's going to hit it for seven days before us, and then awesome. we get to hit it for five days of practice, and then the Tuesday night before the tournament, a massive cold front comes in. So vintage oh, Florida. That's what you want in Florida. <laughs> just what you want but thanks for jumping yeah. on guide day thanks for taking thanks, the time bro. greatly appreciate it uh julius no problem thanks matt see you all right see you all right julius Maisie, good dude uh knows his stuff and if you're in that phoenix area definitely a good time to get out on lake pleasant or one of the surrounding areas uh really appreciate everybody who's who's given guide suggestions either if they are a guide people have gone out with guides uh in the past you say this would make for a great show like i said i was trying to make this uh every other week eventually but i've gotten so many good suggestions and there's so much uh so many emails and dms on my instagram at matt pangrak for guides that i'm just kind of slowly trying to work through those uh pick and choose so if i haven't gotten back to you for that i do have it in a folder in a list uh as a potential guest for btl guide day greatly appreciate the feedback and really enjoy doing these and learning about all sorts of different types of fisheries and guys who have made their living uh helping other people catch fish and really understand what's going on on the water coast to coast and across the country so we'll be back uh with a recorded show on monday uh, as i am practicing in florida until then everybody that's all we got for guide day we'll see you on monday